settling out of fear is going to come back to haunt you later. So make the change now rather than five, 10 years down the road when you have more strings attached and more responsibilities. Hey, hey, I'm Danielle Ryan and this is Adulting 101. Being an adult is stressful and this podcast was specifically designed to help you navigate the crazy world of adulthood. So buckle up and let's get into the episode. Hi friends, welcome back to the podcast. So excited to be here in your ears, wherever you're listening, in your car, on your walk, in your house, probably in your house. It's a pandemic and we aren't really going anywhere, but who's to say really? How are we doing? I am doing all right. You know, we're getting by. Things here in Ontario are starting to open. I'm hopeful that one day in the near future, I'll be able to see my clients in real life again. That would be nice. Um, But for now, we're just sort of keeping busy. I've got lots of secret projects on the go. And uh, yeah, honestly, as I say this out loud, I'm starting to get a little bit overwhelmed thinking about all the things I have to do, but I've done this to myself. So (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying. I am so excited to be here this week with another interview for you. Shocking, I know, but I found this week's guest through TikTok. If you didn't know, that's my current obsession. So go follow me at Danielle Ryan. That's Danielle with two A's. Um, And I make lots of fun business content on there where I share business advice and information on how to start your own business, if that's something of interest to you. Also a little bit of nonsense and a little bit of yoga. So good times to be had there. But (laughs) back to this week's episode, I found this week's guest, Jill who is known as Fully Friday on TikTok. If you're not already following her, you probably should. Where she shares advice for people in their 20s. And I thought that was so great. And I thought it was so aligned with our mission here at Adulting 101. And I'm just so excited to share our conversation. So a little bit about Jill. She lives in the Bay Area, which is in California, obviously. So the West Coast of the United States. And she runs a dropshipping business there. She has two degrees and has lived in two major cities throughout her 20s. She likes to say that her 20s were a little bit of a roller coaster in that she felt really good fun times and then some really low times too, which I think we can all relate to. And now that she's approaching the end of her 20s, she's sort of had some time to reflect and come to realize that she was really hard on herself in her 20s, again, which I think is something we've all done. And so her mission now with her TikTok account is to share advice for people in their 20s and create this sort of sense of community and connection for people online. So I thought that Jill would be the perfect fit for this podcast and our conversation does not disappoint. We talk about tons of different things from imposter syndrome to setting expectations, getting rid of expectations. We talk about personal growth and development, tips for not caring what people think. Everything you need to hear about is in this episode. So let's buckle up and let's get into it. Hi, Jill. Thanks for coming on. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited. I found you on TikTok and I'm so excited to have you on here because I feel like you and I have very similar missions in terms of helping people who are in their 20s just figure out like what the heck we're all doing. So I would love it if you could take a minute here and just introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, guys. I'm Jill, and I'm 29 and born and raised in California. I went to college for economics, and then I worked in fashion for five years. And I've lived in two major cities in California, both LA and San Francisco. And, you know, my 20s were quite a roller coaster. They were a lot of fun, but I also had a lot of moments of like, what is going on? So I started my TikTok account at 29 to try and help people in their 20s navigate that kind of confusing time and empathize with them a bit about 
you know, it's not that hard. And a lot of people are feeling exactly like you are. Yeah, I really love that. And I sort of started this podcast based on a similar notion of like, I would see all of my friends around me and even myself at that time being like, am I making the right choices? I don't know what's going on right now. I wish there was someone who could give me that advice and tell me like, is this the right choice to be making? And so I love that you sort of saw that gap as well and found like a fun and interactive way to fill it. What has that been like? Cause I know that you have seen pretty significant success with TikTok in terms of the reach that you have and the amount of people who are commenting on it being like, this is so relatable. I totally hundred percent need this. So what has that been like for you? Yeah. You know, it just started as something fun because my younger cousin is 22 and she kind of comes to me for advice. And I thought, you know, I felt that way. I bet other people do too. So I thought, let's just give it a shot. Um, but seeing the response has been, you know, really exciting and it makes you feel good knowing that you're contributing something that's potentially helping people. Um, so it's been really great and I'm actually thoroughly enjoying it and hoping to take it into something more full-time eventually. What do you do for work right now? So for work right now, I run a drop shipping company. I'm not sure if you're familiar. And so I work for myself entirely, which gives me the flexibility to work on passion projects like TikTok. (laughs) That's perfect. I love that so much. And what sort of made you get the shift into that? Because you said you were working in fashion and then you kind of made that career change. Yeah. So I worked in fashion for almost five years and quickly realized, well, somewhat quickly realized that I wasn't going to make the money I wanted. I wasn't really enjoying it as much as I thought I was going to. And at 27, I was like, oh gosh, do I want to completely start over and decided yes. And I also figured I want to work for myself. So I had learned Shopify throughout the years and had seen ads for, you know, if you know Shopify, try drop shipping. So I said, what the heck, I'll give it a shot. And found some success enough to live off of and, you know, give me flexibility. So I'm very happy with that. I wouldn't say it's my passion in life, but for now it's a good, a good go-to. Yeah. A good stepping stone, but I kind of want to touch on what you just mentioned in terms of this idea of having a lot of fear around that. I was having a conversation in the DMS today with someone who follows me on an Instagram story that I had posted, essentially saying that oftentimes in our lives, we're faced with these decisions to change something, whether it's in our career, in how we spend our free time, in the people that we associate with. But we find ourselves getting stuck thinking that like, I can't make this change because most of the time it's fear of judgment from other people. Other people are going to think that if I do this thing, like that I'm making a mistake or they're not going to understand, or they're going to think all these bad thoughts. And the point that I was making was essentially other people are going to say stuff, whether you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing, people are always going to have something to say. But it's up to us to recognize that we don't need to be another person telling ourselves that our idea is stupid or that it's not going to work. We have to be the advocate for ourselves. And so I'm curious to know what your experience was when you decided to make that career transition in terms of battling those thoughts of like, well, what are my parents going to think? And what are my friends going to think? And what is everyone going to think of me if I try this thing and it doesn't work out? Right. Yeah. I have so many thoughts on this. Um, I think my overall arching thought on this is not to be a a bit morbid, but at the end of my life, the last feeling I want to experience is regret. Like I do not want to feel regret when I'm near the end of my life. So why would I stick with something I hate simply because of what other people think? Uh, I also think, why would I value someone else's opinion over my own? You know, it's, it's my life and my journey. So if what other people are saying 
is affecting me more than what I truly believe about myself, then that's probably worth digging into on its own. So yeah, that's sort of how I feel about it. I also think whether it be in a relationship or a job, settling out of fear is going to come back to haunt you later. So make the change now rather than five, 10 years down the road when you have more strings attached and more responsibilities. Yeah. I used to always say that when I, I made a pretty drastic career shift about three years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. and I quit my job to start a business and essentially I was like, I'm in the perfect position. I'm not married. I don't have kids. I don't have a mortgage. We're going to do it now. If it works great, if it doesn't work, there's always other jobs that I can go back and find. So we'll figure it out. But I think the, the fear thing is a huge portion of that, that holds people back from doing even the simplest of things. Like I want to start a YouTube channel or I want to start a podcast, but I'm so afraid of what people are going to say or what people are going to think. Why do you think it is that our generation specifically puts so much weight and so much value into what other people think of us or what we think other people will think of us? I think for our generation, we have grown up with pretty much grown up with putting everything online. So we feel like when we're starting something new that we almost have to share it with people. When in reality, I'm a big fan of like working in silence, take six months to yourself and work on something. And if it works great, if it doesn't, you know, you learned something. Uh, So I think that's the first problem is we feel like our whole life has to be out there and everybody's opinion is going to come in and affect what we're doing. Um, So I think that is a big problem with our generation. Yeah. And how do we go about allowing ourselves to take that step back? Just because I feel like so many of us are glued to our phones where we're just like ready for that next thing. Like what's this person up to and what, what's that person doing? And it can be really hard to sort of create that divide for ourselves to be like, you know what? I don't really care about posting this thing on the internet. Like if I'm someone who's obsessed with social media, what are my first steps to sort of cutting that cord and not feeling so reliant on having to share everything, I guess. Yeah. I think one thing I try to remind myself is that people are thinking about themselves way more than they're thinking about you. Like think about how much you think about yourself throughout the day compared to like one of your random friends on Instagram, right? Like everyone is in their forefront of their own mind. So remembering that, that no one's really thinking about you and your decisions. That always makes me feel better when I'm, you know, throwing a TikTok out there or something like that. Um, I also think recognizing why you're posting something on social media and why you're caring so much is really important. Um, I always try to evaluate, am I putting this out there because I'm seeking validation from somebody or is it because I truly think it's something very exciting that I want to share with the world? So I think it's important to take a step back and kind of analyze, you know, why do I feel like I need to share this? And why do I feel like I need people's input on this? And is that something that you would say you've struggled with before in the past? Yeah, absolutely. When I was like 25, 26, and I was living in LA, I was struggling with, you know, the normal life stuff, but I was so obsessed with posting everything on my story and looking back on it now, it was because I wasn't necessarily happy. So I put things out there. So people said, oh, wow, you're so lucky you live on the beach or, oh, it's so cool. You get to eat there for that, like validation of like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Right. Right. I have a good life instead of kind of digging into like, wait a second, like, why am I actually unhappy? Yeah. Like what's going on here. I think about that a lot. And I know I've had discussions like this with girlfriends of mine, where you see, this is like the most common example, pictures of like 
the super happy couple. And then all of a sudden they break up like a week later and you're like, I thought they were so in love because they posted it all over the internet. And then I think about like my, my fiance and I have been together for five years now and we probably have like 10 photos in total posted anywhere on the internet because we just don't like we're enjoying each other's company. We live together. Like we don't need to post about it every day. So I just find that so funny that you mentioned that because I think it applies to really like any aspect of your life. You're going to have yourself, if you're in those situations where you aren't necessarily fully committed or fully happy to whatever it is that you're dealing with, you're going to talk about it more to sort of talk yourself into convincing yourself that everything's fine. Like it's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, absolutely. You want everyone to say like, oh, wow, that's so great. You're like, yeah, it's great. It's great. Like totally trying to convince yourself. Yeah. And so when you are struggling with that, living in LA and you're sort of coming to this realization that maybe you aren't as happy as you've convinced yourself that you are, what was that process sort of like? It took some time for a while. I was very caught up in it. I would like not, not live in the moment. And my boyfriend at the time was like, come on, like, can't we just have lunch together? And when I was like 27, I kind of did a little reflection and was like, whoa, yeah, I was way too involved in this. And I think it's important to take stock of how we're feeling. And I think this pandemic, for example, has made us slow way down because we can't go out to drinks and overschedule our lives and go to work and all these things. So it makes you kind of reflect on, am I really happy with the direction my life is going? Am I happy with who I am and makes you reflect on those things and maybe make some changes. And that's sort of what I did when it came to, you know, realizing, oh, wow, I'm not as happy as I'm projecting to the world. That can be kind of scary though, when we think about that of like having to confront the fact that maybe there are parts of our life that are uncomfortable or don't necessarily fit into sort of this vision of how we thought our life would feel. So what advice would you have for people who are sort of faced in that situation where they're starting to come to terms with the fact that like, Hey, maybe I don't love my job or maybe I'm not happy in this relationship. How can they start to sort of make those changes? Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm a big proponent of breaking things down into small pieces. Like when you think of a marathon, it sounds really scary, but when you think of two miles, it sounds doable. So with any change in life, I try to break it down into like, okay, I don't need to find a new job today. If I don't like my job, for example, today, I simply need to start looking. And then tomorrow, maybe I need to send out one resume. So I think in order to make change and make it seem less overwhelming and scary, we have to first recognize it, like you said, and then make it baby steps to get to that bigger goal. Yeah. So are we keeping that like big goal in mind as we're working towards whatever it is, or are we just sort of like playing it by ear? I think absolutely. I think it's always important to keep like the big overarching goal. Um, I write my goals for the year and then I write them for the month and then I write them for the week. So I think it's always important to have the big one there. Just don't, don't let that, you know, be a big dark cloud over you and scare you from actually getting started. And I think also not maintaining like a sense of rigidity towards those goals. I was speaking about this recently too, this idea that, especially like, I think last year, 2020 really showed everyone that like, there is so much uncertainty and life is never linear. It's never like, okay, I set this goal and I'm going to follow these 10 steps and it's going to work out exactly how I planned because this thing's going to happen over here. And then this other thing's going to happen. And then all of a sudden that end goal that I had actually looks totally different six months down the road, 12 months down the road. 
And so I think that when it comes to going after the things that we want, or we think we want in life, it's important to maintain that perspective of like, okay, this is what I want right now with where I'm at right now, but maybe in six months, my circumstances will be different. And I no longer want that thing, or I want something different. And to sort of, I guess, remain open to the idea that it's okay. It's okay to not always want the same thing. And I think that again, coming back to your example with your job, that's a perfect sort of example of how when you were 18, you probably had this vision for your life of like, I'm going to be working in fashion and it's going to be like this, this, and this. And then you get into it and you realize I actually don't want to be doing this. And that's okay. It's okay to change your mind. And I think this concept of normalizing changing what we want is something that we need to talk about more. Would you agree? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that you nailed it saying that nothing is linear because it absolutely is not. I think so many of us get stuck in that mindset of like, well, I can't start dating until I get in shape and I can't get in shape until I find a new job. And like nothing happens in a straight line in your life. And I always tell people when you're feeling like pressure about a timeline or something like that, I always say like zoom out a little bit and try and see the other open doors because I very much so imagine a timeline as trying to open a locked door and you're simply just shaking the handle and not realizing there's another door open 10 feet to the left. Um, So I think you absolutely nailed it. Things, your perspective can change and you have to go with the flow because life ebbs and flows. Yeah, that's a beautiful example. And also I think it ties into this idea that a lot of us tend to tie our happiness to those outcomes. So like, I will be happy if or when I can lose those 10 pounds or if or when I get that perfect relationship or if or when I land that perfect job. So how would you recommend that people start to find that sense of appreciation and happiness in what they already have while they're working towards making those changes? Yeah, you know, I think finding happiness For me, what I just realized this year is about losing things, not gaining things. It's about losing expectations, losing societal pressures, and truly appreciating the fact that I'm going to get a little spiritual on you here, that you are a human being here on this earth having this experience. I mean, we have five senses. I get to feel the grass on my feet and the sun on my face. That's true happiness. Um, I truly believe happiness is within, within all of us. But our society has taught us to believe that you need X amount of money or you need this promotion or this husband or wife to be happy. So first and foremost, I think it's about losing those expectations and changing your perspective. And then everything else is sort of a bonus when you look at life that way, you know, getting the promotion or making that money or whatever it is, is kind of just icing on the cake. Yeah, I absolutely love this idea of expectations. This is something that I've been putting a lot of thought into recently of like, where in my life can I sort of lower the bar for myself and remove those limitations that I've put on myself of like, okay, well, by the time I'm, I'll be 29 in a few months. So I thought by the time I was 29, I would have this, this, and this checked off the list. But when we think in that sort of state of mind, we're really just setting ourselves up to be disappointed because Mm -hmm. 
again, coming back to this idea of so many things happen in our life that we can't control. There's no way for us to know whether or not by the time we're 29, we're going to do all those things that we thought we were going to do. Because while we can focus on ourselves and our specific goals and taking those small steps, there's still so much that's beyond our control. So really just finding appreciation for the work that we're doing. And this is something that I talk to my clients a lot about is recognizing that even when you feel like you haven't done anything great, or I haven't accomplished anything lately, what I have them do is I have them start like a spreadsheet and they write dates. So every time they do anything, even if it's like minuscule, like I have one client who is a music artist. And so it's like, I wrote a new song today. Okay, well write that down and write down the date that it happened. And then when you are having a bad day, you can go back to the spreadsheet and see like, well, in January, I actually did like 10 amazing things, even though I feel like I haven't gotten anything done lately, because I think we get so clouded with discouragement when our expectations aren't met that if we can just start to appreciate, like, these are the things that I did do. I don't care what's not what, like what hasn't happened yet, because it hasn't happened. So if we can kind of let go of that, I think that really helps too, in terms of finding happiness and satisfaction with where we're at right now. Yeah, I completely agree. I think losing your expectations, like you said, is very important. And going hand in hand with that, trying to just know that what you want to achieve is going to happen, having a sense of like, okay, everything is going to work out for me, which is a very hard mindset to adapt because we naturally go to the negative of like, no, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to fail. So adapting that while letting go of expectations, I think is a pretty powerful combination. And also the need for control, because I think a lot of the times when we want to hold on to this idea of like, okay, everything's going to work out for me. If we don't know what the how is of how that's going to work out, it can be really hard to hold on to that vision or that trust, I guess, of like, okay, I think that everything will be fine in the end when your life is sort of in all this chaos. You're like, but how, how is that possible? It's not, it's never going to work out for me because I can't see how it would, would work out. You know what I mean? I a hundred percent know, know what you mean. And coming from someone who used to struggle from severe anxiety, that was very fear-based. I was absolutely that person that was like, I have to know the steps and all the scary things are going to happen. And I have to be prepared for them just in case they do, you know, never thinking of the positives that could happen or just adapting the idea that it's going to work out. Yeah. So what, what is that transition like from being someone who is like riddled with anxiety? I don't know what I'm going to do to like coming to terms with the fact that I'm just going to ride it out. You know, it's pretty wild. And I think I always will say from struggle comes immense change. And at the beginning of this year, I think just like everyone else, I was going through a lot of struggles with, you know, work and personal things and everything, COVID, you know, all of it. And I came out so much stronger on the other end and kind of just decided that I'm at this low point. So what's the harm in trying this out and deciding that, you know what, Jill, you're going to believe in yourself and it's going to work out. Like what's the harm, right? And I had nothing to lose at that point. And I swear to you, once you see it pay off, it's a pretty amazing thing. I look back now and think how silly it was that I was so worked up and anxious over things because 99% of those things never even happened. 99% of the things you worry about never come true. And the second I let go and decided it was going to work out, things started falling into place. I bought my dream car. I started making more money. I moved in with my boyfriend all within six months. So it's a pretty interesting concept. And I highly recommend giving it a shot because it's just a mindset shift. 
Again, and like, what do you have to lose? I have a client of mine who taught me like false evidence appearing real. That's what fear is. Mm -hmm. And so I've always held on to that ever since she shared that with me, because again, it's this idea of most of the time we hold ourselves back from imaginary, like based on imaginary scenarios that we've created in our heads of like, if I do this thing, well, then my mom's going to say this and then this is going to happen. And we think like our whole world is going to light on fire if we make one single change. But if you can kind of just, convince yourself that like, you will be okay. Even if it doesn't work out, like something else will happen for you. And I think that a lot of the times it does come to this idea of you just have to surrender to the process as cliche as it sounds and trust that things will work out as they were meant to, but that can be hard, right? It can be hard to let go of, again, that need to always know, like, what is the next step and the step after that and the step after that? Yeah. It can be super hard. I mean, I spent almost all of my twenties being that way. So I a hundred percent get it. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong if you're listening to this podcast and you are someone who struggles with that. I think an important thing to remember as well is to be gentle and to be kind to yourself because at the end of the day, no one else is going to do that for you. So you kind of have to be that like nurturer, I guess would be the word to say like, okay, I'm going to try this new thing and I want to trust that it's going to work out. But you know what? Some days I'm going to have those doubts and I'm going to not think that it's all going to be okay. And that's okay to have those times and those experiences where you're like, what the heck am I doing? Did I make the wrong decision? Yeah, I completely agree. I think we need to talk to ourselves like we're our very best friend. If your friend was going out on a limb to try something new and she failed, would you tell her like, oh, you're so stupid. Why'd you do that? No, you'd be like, oh my God, it's totally fine. You learn from it. Like, let's go get the next thing. So you have to talk to yourself like that too. And I like what you said about almost mentally preparing for a change. Um, like before I moved to a big city, I'm mentally prepared for the fact that like, I have no friends here. I'm probably going to have some lonely nights and I'm going to have to put myself out there. I'm actually pretty shy, but I'm gonna have to push myself. So I think that's an important step too, with any change in your life is preparing for the ups and downs that are going to come with it. Yeah, absolutely. And knowing that it's not going to happen instantly, like you have to be patient with yourself and be able to sort of exercise that compassion towards like, okay, I'm doing this new thing and I just need to be gentle and ease your way into it. It's not like you have to quit your job and jump right into like your next new pursuit. It's like baby steps, baby steps, friends. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So what advice do you have for anyone who's sort of on, I guess, the beginning of their personal development journey? You know, they're sort of in this place where they're faced with a lot of crossroads and they're questioning if a lot of their decisions are, if they're making the right decisions for themselves, what would be that starting point to sort of do that self-reflection and figure out where to go from here? Yeah, I think the starting point with any type of self-improvement is simply recognizing when the negative behavior reemerges. So when those negative thoughts pop into your head or that self-doubt or that imposter syndrome pops up, simply recognizing it and catching it and being like, okay, wait a second, like that's actually not true. I'm projecting that onto myself and replacing it with something positive because we want to change those things like overnight, like you just said. And that's not possible. You're always going to have negative thoughts and practice makes perfect. So take a step back and just be aware, just notice when these things happen. And that's going to make a huge difference in trying to be more positive and move forward with your self-improvement. I would say that's the first step. That's what 
helped me the most was just noticing, oh, wow, gosh, I do this a lot throughout the day, you know, and catching those thoughts. And then eventually you'll replace them. And then you'll be your biggest hype person after you've practiced a long time. Yeah. And recognizing also that at least I always talk about this in yoga, that it's not necessarily about always getting rid of the negative thoughts and feeling happy all of the time. Like that's not a realistic expectation. Again, coming back to expectations, it's not realistic to think that for yourself. And it's okay to sometimes honor the fact that those negative thoughts will come, but it's how you react to them and how much weight and how much power you give them. Because I can have a regular day. This happens often where I'm like, why did I start a business? This was a dumb idea. Like you should probably just go on Indeed and find a new job because this isn't working. And it's whether or not I decide to give power to those thoughts of like, okay, I'm going to go write my new resume and start applying for jobs tomorrow. Or I can be like, okay, wait, 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 why do I feel this way? And what isn't working that I need to be working on in order to help myself stop feeling this way? So what other tools or techniques would you have when dealing with those negative thoughts. Yeah, I think you pointed out a great point. And I used to do this a lot with anxiety is noticing it and compartmentalizing it saying, okay, hi, I see that you're here, but I'm not going to give you power. I think there's power in just doing that, uh, making your decision on if you want to give into it and feel bad, or if you want to keep moving forward. Um, I think too, just breaking things down, like I said earlier, into baby steps are so much more digestible than these big, scary steps. So just make it, you know, three things that you want to get done that day that are doable things that you can actually do because humans like to feel like we're making progress. We don't like to feel like we're in a rut or spinning or not doing anything. So make your steps super doable and don't put too much pressure on yourself And I will always say that consistency beats out almost everything else. If you can stay consistent with your business or your fitness or whatever it is, then 99% chance you're going to see results. Yes. I love that so much. Did you have any specific resources that you used when you were sort of starting out like podcasts you listened to books you read? Like, what did that look like? Um, you know, I not really, honestly, until I was about 27, I read, the You Are a Badass book, the yellow one that everybody knows about. I feel like that's a great starting point for anybody who's trying to like boost their confidence and like their self-love a little bit. Um, I now listen to Jay Shetty. I love Tim Ferriss. And I also love How I Built This. Those are all great podcasts that kind of gave me that sense of, okay, other people starting businesses are going through the same thing as I am or struggling with the same, you know, mental things that I am. So I would say reading and podcasts and trying to connect with people. That's honestly why I started the TikTok account was because I really was lacking connection when I was in my twenties. Cause I didn't have any friends when I first moved to a big city. And I wish that I had someone that I could just, you know, talk to about it. That wasn't one of my best friends that lived in a different state. So I think connection is very important. Yeah. And finding that sense of like-minded community. That's something I'm always advocating people for. Like if you can't do it, and especially now, like at least where I live, we're still under COVID restrictions. So it's like the internet exists, go on TikTok, go on Facebook, find a Facebook group, Instagram, search a hashtag related to what you want to learn about. Um, I feel like 
with the internet, there's so many less barriers in terms of talking to people. Like for example, you and I having this conversation, I sent you a voice note on Instagram, but if I were to walk up to you on the street and be like, Hey, you want to come on my podcast? You'd be like, this girl's crazy. Get away from me. So I think that because everything is on our phones now, it sort of takes away that awkwardness of approaching people and being like, Hey, you're doing something that I'm interested in. Do you want to talk to me about it? Or could I learn more about what it is you're doing? Yeah, I completely agree. And honestly, the worst thing someone's going to say is like, no, like, sorry, I'm not interested or like, no, I'm not looking for more friends, which that's probably never going to happen. So why not just put yourself out there and go for it? Exactly. I love that. So where on the internet can people connect with you, Jill? Yeah. So you guys can follow me on my TikTok at Foley Friday. I also have an Instagram account that I'm not really using, but I'm going to get better with it. Um, or my website, www.foleyfriday.com. And where did that name come from? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> so funny. Everyone asks me this and it's so silly. I really just wanted to start making videos and I was like, not sure what I was going to make them about at this point. And I was like, well, what kind of describes me? Like I work for myself. I have a flexible schedule. I like to live every day, like a summer Friday where I can kind of just, you know, work a few hours and then go and play and do whatever I want. So that's where it came from. It doesn't have too much of a meaning, but it's stuck when I happen to grow. So (laughs) I love that. That's so fun though. I'll link everything in the description of this episode. Do you have any like wise words of wisdom you want to share as your parting advice? Oh gosh, let's see. Um, the pressure. I know really, (laughs) you know, I think my biggest thing would be really trying not to worry what people think, because in the end, your parents aren't going to be there. Your friends aren't going to be there. No one's going to be there except you facing yourself. And if you're happy with what you put out into this world, how you lived your life and what you did, then that's all that matters. So think about that every day and do whatever you want. Yeah. I love that so much. I'm always the advocate for do the damn thing. That's what I tell people. Totally. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. This is a great conversation. And I think that everyone is going to love it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Well, friends, that's going to wrap up the conversation for this week. If you enjoyed our chat, please be sure to follow Jill on Instagram, TikTok, all of the things. And as always, if you want to continue this conversation on, I'm just a message away. That's at Lifestyle by Design Studio. I look forward to chatting with you in my DMs. And until next week, take care, comb your hair. Love you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to hit that subscribe button so you get notified when new episodes go live. Make sure to rate and review this podcast and be sure to share it with your friends. I'll talk with you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. Love you so much.